Happy Thanksgiving week to you, Stephen. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, Brian. You know, this festive occasion, it it, uh, it always reminds me of that old Thanksgiving phrase, that old Thanksgiving adage that they always say. You know the one I'm talking about? No. What is it, Brian? You know that old, that one old adage they always say around Thanksgiving time? They say, give a pilgrim some corn. Feed him for a day. Uh-huh. Teach a pilgrim to grow corn, and he'll murder you and steal your land. <laughs> Welcome, boys and ghouls, <laughs> to a very festive mini-show of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Steve. We are here. It's the week of Thanksgiving, guys. Kicking off the holiday season. Um, I'm drinking a little yummy festive cocktail. Uh, listen, the turkey's defrosting. We are getting ready for just the most American of holidays because it's literally about getting drunk and overeating. And that's why I love me some motherfucking Thanksgiving, guys. So we're, we're getting into it. And we thought, what better time than to talk about uh, this brand new feature film hitting theaters a one week before Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about a movie called Thanksgiving from 2023, uh, directed by one Mr. Eli Roth. Um, and we went and saw this in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. We got our butts out. kind of a rarity. We got our butts out, out in the world. Yeah. I mean, with, with how quickly everything hits streaming nowadays, it's very rare that you need to go to the theater. But like, this is time sensitive. You know, we're, it's yeah. Thanksgiving week. The movie's called Thanksgiving. Let's go. We have a sense of urgency for you out there, for the boys and ghouls out in Internet land. Me and Steve went and saw this movie. We're going to talk about it here in a hot damn second. Uh, before you know, we got a couple other things we got to do at the top of the show. First of all, uh, any any festive beverages you're enjoying to get you in this this Thanksgiving spirit? I don't know how festive festive as it is. It's close, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just enjoying one of my classic nitro rouges from the Castile Brewery. That's oh, all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a perennial Steve favorite. Mm -hmm. Love that one. I think I would say that's a festive beer. I, I mean, I think it's pretty close. It's got cherries in it, so that's like almost like a cranberry. <laughs> mm -hmm. The cranberry of Europe. That's what they call the cherry. Yep. Um, the cranberry of Belgium. Um, I'm doing kind of the opposite. Instead of drinking a fancy Belgian beer, um, I got home. So I spent the day here. Uh, full disclosure, we're recording this actually on late in the evening on Saturday before it's recorded or before we release it on, on Monday. And I spent the whole dang day, besides sneaking out and going to see a movie, this here movie we're going to talk about today. I spent the day uh, at my in-laws house uh, with, you know, just a, a bajillion people uh, made 15 pounds of mashed potatoes. That's not an exaggeration. We made 15 pounds of mashed potatoes. They were gone. Oof. Uh, my wife has a very large Irish and Polish family and potatoes is a whole ass food group. For oh, them. yeah. Uh, so they get after some mashed potatoes and I make a good mashed potato. Uh, so I made 15 pounds of mashed potatoes and like, honestly, God, 
three quarters of a gallon of gravy, shit was gone. Uh, they they make two like twenty pound turkeys. Holy That's Jesus. how many people are there. It's humongous. They do a lot. They 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 got a big old family, and uh, they always do Thanksgiving the Saturday before Thanksgiving because everybody you know it's too hard to get every that big a group together on Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. To get all that travel in. Yeah. So I was over there, like I said, cooking and eating, hanging out, merriment with the family over there. Had a couple two tree curs, uh, a couple a few yellow jackets over there. And I got home and I and I chugged a cup of coffee and I said, you know what I need? I need to get out my Brighton hot dog shop cup mm-hmm. and I need to fill that son of a bitch up about one half full of bourbon, Wild Turkey <laughs> 101, and then just dump a can of Canada to dry ginger ale Ooh, on top yeah. of it zero sh- zero sugars because i'm a health freak guys Ooh, yeah um and i'm just getting after a bourbon and ginger ale here nice little nightcap figure by the time i finish this and we're done recording this podcast your boy will be all toasted up mm-hmm. and then i'll just mm, just slide into into brain just brain death for the yeah. next eight hours so yeah if the audience is lucky you'll just fall asleep in the discord and people can just watch <laughs> you sleep bonus content that would be a, that would be a first it's almost happened before never happened so far let's see if we can get that done tonight boys <laughs> and ghouls all right um couple of things before we jump into this here flick uh first of all as always if you want to uh, uh, keep track of us on other areas of the internet, mainly on the social medias like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, Tiki Talkies, and all that sort of stuff, go follow us on there. We're Halloween is Forever, and most of them, you can just search Halloween is Forever. You'll find a little kind of pixelated, pixel art pumpkin guy Steve made that's on there. You'll, you'll know that's us. We got some fun stuff happening over there. First of all, if you've got suggestions, because we're getting in, like I said, we're getting in the dang old holiday spirit starting today. So if you've got any holiday horror movies, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving themed. By the time we do another episode, it'll be at past Thanksgiving. We're talking more about them winter holidays, Christmas and, and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that stuff. Not enough Hanukkah and Kwanzaa horror movies, but if you know one, throw it our direction. Or if you just got some sort of other, you know, Christmas themed or New Year's or whatever horror movie that you want us to talk about or you think we should check out because there's like 40 new ones out there. And I'd love your help uh, sifting through all the absolute fucking dregs, I'm sure, (laughs) that are out there as well. (laughs) Send them our way. We always appreciate those suggestions. And it might be very, very relevant because before we know it, we'll be in December and we'll be ready for our December showdown episode for the ones who are new to the old podcast this is how it goes we got a tasty new mm, sumptuous unctuous i would go as far as to say bit of business every monday when a new podcast comes out for you we do a mini sode every single monday except for the first monday of the month we do what's called a showdown episode here's what happens with that you got steve you got your boy the champ reigning champ don't get it twisted guys Then we have a guest and we all take a topic and we got to pick a movie that's associated with that topic. Where's that topic come from? That comes from our social media friends and listeners. Uh, We have a big old spinny ass wheel normally and we spin it, we get three and then we throw it out on the social medias and then you pick from one of the three topics. The topics are like mm, subgenres or performers or whatever, that sort of thing. We do something a little different in December. We do something called Secret Satan, which is kind of like Secret Santa, except for we hail Satan. Um, (laughs) He doesn't get enough attention this time of year. He gets all this attention around Halloween time, right? Everybody's out there hailing Satan. And then as soon as Halloween time's over, you you forget about him until next year. 
all year long, honor his infernal majesty. We do it, especially during the holiday season, Yin's guys. Why do you think he's so mean? It's because he ain't getting Christmas <laughs> gifts. It's because Yin's forget about him this on November 1st, and that's some bullshit. Um, so we do something called Secret Satan in uh, December, and we've done it a few different ways. Here's how we're going to do it this this year. Um, we are going to just rely solely on our social media friends and listeners to suggest to us movies that each of us have to defend. Well, Myself, more, Steve. more specifically, our Patreon. Yes, uh, we're going to take it from our listeners. But if you are a patron on Patreon, if you have done the deed, you've went to patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever and signed up for either of our tiers uh, on Patreon, which we'll talk about what you get otherwise here in a second when that happens. If Yins give us a suggestion, we are going to primarily source these from our patrons. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be something that you're going to want to take advantage of uh, super dang quick. You could literally say, hey, Steve, I want you to defend Christmas Evil, right? We have not talked about that movie, really. I don't think a dedicated episode, certainly. Mm -mm. So there's a high degree of likelihood that that's going to happen. Now, if you say, Brian, you got to defend Santa's sleigh, I'll say, Hot damn. I would love to do that. However, we have done an episode on that. <laughs> right. on that. Uh, we have done an episode on that movie before. So that one is off the table. And if that's the case, we'll tell you. Right. But we are going to source these specifically from our uh, our listeners, uh, well, our listeners, but specifically our patrons over on Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, like I said, we got one of those. Steve, tell them what the fuck you get when you when you hang out over there. Yeah, so, you know, you log on the Patreon, and we got the two tiers. We got a $3 tier, which is kind of like the introductory. You dip your toes in. You see what's going on. You get some mm -hmm. extra reviews. You get some extra content. Sometimes you get the episodes you get early. Slippery, you get slippery sweet recos. Yeah, all kinds of recos. Every month you get recos. Mm -hmm. And some, some mm -hmm. uh, like, watch outs. Like, yeah, you know, like don't watch maybe anti rec anti recos anti recos. Don't watch <laughs> this. It's bad. <laughs> you get some yeah. of those. <laughs> we get a lot of those slide into the DMS. We get a lot of our friends over on, on the D on, on like Instagram that slide in and go, Hey, do you see this movie? Should I check it out? Or Hey, you should watch this movie. I just watched it. It's yummy. Um, so those are all good. And, 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 and Steve transcribes that into something digestible and readable and, and puts it on the Patreon for you. Yeah. So you go on there, you get that in the $3 tier, you get a couple other two tree things. You get to see like my fun art projects when I decide to put them up, you know, mm -hmm. I, I did it. I did the, uh, did you get the, um, Thanksgiving killing one. Yeah. The Thanksgiving poster. Or not Thanksgiving. I'm watching Thanksgiving in the background right now. And I'm really having a hard time <laughs> separating Thanksgiving from Thanksgiving. Yes, I did. That was very cool. I saw, I saw you post today. Like I said, I was running around like a maniac and I shared it to our, to our, um, to our story as well. But yeah, that Steve did some cool Thanksgiving Eli Roth 2023 Thanksgiving the movie art yeah uh, which you can check out on our Instagram page yeah they gave, they gave out free posters for coloring so I, I scanned it into Photoshop and colored it in Photoshop so I did that okay yeah. all right that makes more sense yes I didn't get the whole context there but it's 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 pretty rad yeah so yeah you, you get to see that but the other thing you get is our five dollar and that's the important one that's the one you really want 
You get to log mm-hmm. on to our Discord. You can watch episodes happen live. We got people watching us happen live right now. That's where you get all the sexy goodies there. That's where, you know, we have patrons sitting here watching me drink bourbon out of a hot dog shop cup right now. Yeah. Does that sound, uh, does that sound uh, appetizing to you? Does Is that get you going to get you horned up? You can do that for <laughs> real. I'll let you watch me drink bourbon out of a hot dog shop cup. I guarantee we have listeners in the Midwest and they would love to see what a hot dog shop cup looks like. <laughs> now, I, this isn't the new Seinfeld one, guys. I would love to have grabbed this one, but this is a this is a Fourth of July one, as you can see. It's mm-hmm. extremely patriotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you can see here, guys, a uh, uh, whole family walking, watching fireworks. They're all hot dogs. Every single one of them, <laughs> even the dog's a hot dog, which is a little redundant. And then you got this creeper on a bike. But if you want all that hot, hot, hot bright and hot dog shop content. That's where you need to go because you because you need to be on the Discord. Yeah, so jump on the Discord, jump on that five dollar tier, and then the other thing you get is the monthly exclusive podcast. Family is forever. Now I hate this. Um, I think exception to this, I don't like it. I like the podcast. I like recording it, but it's really not fun for me because I got to watch every single one of the goddamn Fast and the Furious movies. I started a new job this week, actually last week, but I was meeting some people this week and uh, I met someone and she was telling me how she loves the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. And then we became um, immediate enemies, but then friends after that mm-hmm. because she did admit. But then I, we went down a rabbit hole because we were with another coworker and he was pulling as many um, really crude um, distasteful Paul Walker jokes off his phone as possible, um, which was very funny because it was upsetting to her. And uh, and yeah, we just basically ripped on Paul Walker for about half an hour. So um, again, this I, I'm joking about this like this is a fun thing, but actually it's ruining my life slowly. And if you would like to see my personal and professional life now completely unraveled before you on a podcast as a result of a psyop relating to the Fast and Furious franchise, Come on over and check it out. Yeah. It's a lot of it's probably a lot of fun to listen to. Um, not pleasurable for me personally. Uh, it, yeah, it's important to. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to know that our agents have also infiltrated your new job. But mm-hmm. I, I also want to note that you have stirred up our patrons and one in particular who is uh, just really, really after you for what you did last <laughs> yeah. week. With the with the what did I do with the Halloween puppy movie, <laughs> <laughs> guys? When you, listen, when you, this is what happens: you let an outside dog inside, he's gonna piss on the carpet. Yeah, all right, it's just gonna happen. So you make me the champ. I'm gonna make you watch Halloween puppy movies. Yeah. So you know, our you know, in our Discord right now, they're just talking about how you deserve having this new person <laughs> in your life who loves Fast yeah. and the Furious movies. <laughs> I am going to infiltrate her life by sending her subliminal messages and and directions and like coding things in emails, work related stuff, but slowly pushing her towards a Halloween puppy, a.k.a. um, the great Halloween puppy adventure, a.k.a. uh, the magic puppy from 2012. I'm going to slowly push her in that direction and ultimately um, achieve my revenge that way. 
that's my plan. We'll see how it goes, but I'll keep you posted on that. Sounds like mutually assured destruction, but whatever. <laughs> uh, coming up in November, we have Fast Five. So, <laughs> yeah, I honestly hate it. We were gonna we were gonna record that episode last week, and I just got I was traveling for work, and we got it got too busy. I really <laughs> looking forward to it. Like, I'm genuinely not looking forward to watching this movie. Um, but if you want to, uh, you know, share in my pain and 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 delight in Steve's pleasure. Or delight in my plane in probably delight in my pain and share in Steve's pleasure. It's probably mm-hmm, reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead down onto the uh, patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever for five bucks a month. Uh, you can get that exclusive podcast and a bunch of other fun stuff on there as well. All right. Uh, now let's get into the feature presentation here, guys. Um, so a lot of folks, I, I doubt a lot of folks in our uh, circle here our listeners they probably all know this but for those of you who are who are, are dabbling we like to bring new horror nerds into the fray as well so if you're just dabbling in the world of of holiday horror you might not know this is the case you you know first of all eli roth i'm pretty sure everybody knows who eli roth is you know kind of broke onto the scene uh w- with hostile uh but cabin in the woods like he, cabin he fever. is a, a well-known Cabin Fever, not Cabin in the Woods. I always do that. <laughs> Those are two very different movies. Indeed, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is way better than anything Eli Roth has ever made and probably will ever make. I genuinely like Eli, Eli Roth, but Cabin Fever, very different movie. Um, you know, longtime genre guy. Um, if you if you don't have a frame of reference for him, he's the guy who hit people in the head with a bat. In Inglorious Bastards. That was him in an acting capacity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, longtime horror, you know, genre director. Uh, uh, I would go as far as to say kind of a scholar of the genre. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is this is uh, uh, his his uh, directorial project here. But there's a little bit more history to it going back to and forgive me because I watch this in the theater and I usually take quite extensive notes ahead of, uh, sometimes too extensive ahead of these, uh, recordings, but I watch this in the theater. So obviously I'm not going to be that fucking dork writing notes in the theater, nor am I going to take notes on my phone. Cause if somebody had their phone on the whole time, I would want to punch them in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm doing some of this from memory, but I believe from 2007, right. Was grindhouse, right? The grindhouse double feature with death proof and planet terror with Quint, from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It was 2007. Cause I, I specifically remember still being in college and I, mm-hmm. and like I went with all of my like film school buddies, like yeah, obviously yeah. you're going to put a Robert Rodriguez oh. Tarantino double feature. Like they put it in the theaters yeah. near us. Yeah. And, and like out in the middle of Penn State, like that, that, that felt a little uncommon to get like the, the true double feature experience. So we're like, fuck, yeah, we're all going to go see that. And we all went. Yeah. And then, you know, in between, they had these fake trailers and Eli Roth had directed uh, the Thanksgiving one. Yep. Yep. I remember going to that as well. I was also in college. Group of friends went, had a fucking blast. And I remember specifically us really loving the the, the trailers as being like one of the highlights mm-hmm. of, of, of going to this. Right. And one of them was for a very much a 70s exploitation type. It, it was mimicked to it, it was shot to mimic a 70s exploitation, you know, uh, type film trailer for a fictional film called Thanksgiving 
And it was, of course, a, you know, kind of a serial killer type of thing that dressed, you know, dressed as a pilgrim. And it was pretty extended. It was it was like a two minute trailer really equated to what was, you know, a short little tiny short film. And they had several of these throughout the double feature. So this. We're approaching 20 years later. This is the kind of uh, culmination of people probably asking him once a week for the last almost 20 years right. when are you going to actually make Thanksgiving yeah and he finally talked uh, a studio into funding this right yeah I, it, it, and that's the thing is like it it was such a good trailer like it mm-hmm. was it probably was the best trailer although like there's definite love for the Rob Zombie one as well because it was like the yeah, werewolf women of the SS werewolf women of the SS I think it was what it was that's right yeah yeah all, yeah, yeah. all, all, all Rob Zombie did with that but it was turn it into a song I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a werewolf <laughs> women of the SS song <laughs> and I feel like that's something that comes up pretty often is like when are you gonna make this when are you gonna make mm-hmm. this and like you know Nazi Nazi werewolves is uh, it's a little bit of a harder sell yeah. right than than a holiday slasher movie especially right now um but yeah, so so it, it you know it happened. It came to fruition, which which was pretty cool. And interestingly enough, uh, although it's not a '70s style exploitation thing that's shot to mimic that time frame, that that probably would be a little heavy handed. And like initially, I was kind of like, I don't want to say disappointed, but I was like, oh, I wish it was shot like that. But it was like that would be pretty pretty lame to to shoot it like that. Like you you really want to do something like. I think the approach that he took and I I listened to a couple of little interviews here and there uh, and and just like more sound clips from Eli Roth and his whole idea was like, no, I want to I want to make a, you know, uh, a slasher movie, a good slasher movie, a fun slasher movie that has some, you know, elements that'll stick that are associated with Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. because there kind of really isn't one. Right. Right. Yeah. I I mean, aside from there's blood rage which does not feel like a Thanksgiving movie for the most part, because it's filmed in Florida, you know, probably mm-hmm. in the summer. Like there's nothing, you know, aside from like the, the weird pumpkin pie type stuff. And like they're and they're like wearing occasional sweatshirts. Right. Yeah. Like, so there's some <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving, but it doesn't feel like a Thanksgiving film. Um, nah. Thanks killing. Those movies are fucking ridiculous and silly. And they're not yeah. like they're not polished enough. Like the acting is no. fucking, like, so they're not polished enough for a wide audience. Like we enjoy them. Right. Cause they're stupid and yeah. silly and they have boobs in the first five minutes and you're like, yeah, boobs. I, I forgot when I put this on as soon as we started recording and I forgot that whole early scene with the pilgrim lady with the giant jugs bouncing right, through yeah. the woods as she's running away. I was like, uh, I just was like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like, I understand like Eli Roth being a scholar of the horror genre, he wants to put out something that like, it will stand as a tentpole of this is the Thanksgiving holiday horror movie you watch because and there just isn't enough out there right now to really challenge that either. So like you'll, you'll double feature Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving together. Probably. Yeah, I could, I could, I could do that. I could do that for sure. Um, They're both pretty, pretty silly and in, but in very different ways. Let, (laughs) Let me do this. Let me, let me read the, the quick, you know, couple line plot synopsis, plot summary here on imdb because i think it's pretty good um after a black friday riot ends in tragedy a mysterious thanksgiving inspired killer terrorizes plymouth massachusetts the birthplace of the infamous holiday 
I don't know if I would call Thanksgiving an infamous holiday. It's just a very well-known, <laughs> widely celebrated holiday. Um, but well, depend- <laughs> otherwise, depends on. What, dep- oh yeah, I guess it depends. It depends. Yeah, it's, historically speaking, yeah. yes. If you're of, um, if you're of native uh, descent, it's pretty infamous. It, it's not. Uh, it is pretty infamous. You're 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 right. I spoke too soon there. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's certainly infamous to quite a quite a uh, number of people. But it really doesn't play on those elements of it no. it's not like it's like a native american you know uh uh spirit coming back for revenge yeah. or something like that it is just like uh it it plays on the um the tropes of the modern american thanksgiving celebration um and tradition a little bit but ultimately it's more of like a um like an anti-capitalist type of message yeah it's anti-capitalism anti-materialism more type of message mm-hmm. than anything which i thought it was interesting so i don't know if you went back and watched the original thanksgiving trailer uh i did okay. yeah yeah so like in that trailer the and we can talk about how there's differences because there are some glaring ones i think but mm-hmm. uh one of the ones is like in in the parade scenes of the trailer they they have like the cartoonish um like you know offensive representation of natives as like yeah. as like white people dressed up as natives and like they have like a big almost uh like the cleveland indians mascot head like mm-hmm. dancing yeah. down the streets but like in this film there's like absolutely no native representation because no. they're I, like i don't know if it bothered me or not because like one it's not that movie. Like you said, it's not about like a native spirit coming back and taking revenge on the settlers of Plymouth, which I think is also mm-hmm. kind of a cool movie that could, you know, mm-hmm. that could be done, but it's much more about the anti-consumerism, anti-capitalism. Yeah, it's weird. So, so I, I, I have some thoughts about the direction that this movie went and, and I, I'm still, I literally saw it today. Right. So right. I don't know that I have, um, a super fully formed um, idea in my mind of how I feel about this. But so a little bit of background might be relevant. I mentioned it at the top of the, uh, at the, at, at the top of the episode, I personally am a fan of e- Eli Roth. I wouldn't say I'm a giant fan of his movies <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, and, and what I mean by that is I have a lot of respect for him as like a, uh, like a, a a genre historian, he's an extreme. Like if you've ever heard him give interviews, or you know, I listened to him not that long ago on the the Quentin Tarantino podcast, uh, or Quentin Tarantino's uh, a mo- uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, oh, though. but it's his yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck his podcast is. Yeah, um, it doesn't need promotion. So it's, he, movie he archives or listen- whatever it's called. He has way more listeners than us. It doesn't need promotion. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> doesn't need our help. But the point is, he was on that. I've listened to him on other podcasts. I've listened to him give interviews and stuff like that, and he feels. And, and I truly believe he's a very genuine, lifelong genre nerd, mm-hmm. right? He loves this stuff. He has a huge affinity for 70s um, and in 80s and 90s, but but really going back to like 70s exploitation type, like just sleazeball movies, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what you've kind of come to expect from him a little bit. Um, this movie feels like it was a a little bit of a give and take where I truly believe if they gave him carte blanche to just do whatever he wanted, this movie would have been a lot 
sleazier <laughs> um, and a lot more uncomfortable and grimier um, and, you know, more sexually charged and uncomfortable and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I am curious about that, though, because, you know, going back to the original Thanksgiving trailer, it is in fucking sane what they do in yes. those two and a half minutes. And it, it yes. feels it honestly started feeling like um, like Terrifier 2 at, at, at times. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, why do I like and it also brought up that whole problem in my own brain of like, why do I love this? Why is this so funny to me? But then I hate, hate Terrifier 2. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's only two yeah. minutes. But well, here it, I immediately compared it in my brain as well. So yeah. I thought to myself. At first, I was like, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get this the sleaziness and the and the grindhouse feel that we got in the the trailer, mm-hmm. in the short film, whatever you want to call it in the trailer. And then I I got to start thinking about because there is a little bit of boundary pushing in this movie. Like there's some there's some mean spirited things yeah. in Thanksgiving, um, but it definitely feels like the whole thing was a bit of a give and take, and it and it led me to like down the the ultimate resolution in my brain that like this is got some money behind it Mm -hmm. right this is a horror film that is being released the week before a holiday the weekend before a holiday it's got some expensive talent behind it from from a performer standpoint and this is going to make some fucking money in the box office i have have no doubt this 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 is going to be the case right um, so I think what it ultimately came down to is like they kind of gave him like you can do this and this, but it felt like a little bit of it was was mildly sterilized. Right. Um, yeah. They do mimic a few of the more shocking things that they do in the trailer, which we'll talk about as we, as we get into the movie. They do bring them to life in this movie because I think fans would have been felt a little cheated if they didn't. Mm-hmm. But they did more sterilized versions of what you saw or what was alluded to in the trailer. Right. Yeah. It's weird because there it, it is sterilized. It has this, you know, kind of I almost read it as maturity. Like, is Eli Roth like mature as a filmmaker now? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I think it's the other way around. But then, um, well, because but, well, yeah. but I read, I, I read, because like a lot of the dialogue, like if you go back to the dialogue of Cabin Fever, it is just mm-hmm. up and down homophobia, fucking like dog shit, oh, yeah. edge lordy shit. And mm-hmm. then like the even 10 years ago, the Green Inferno, that movie is yeah. like edge lord fucking cannibal shit. And yeah, yeah, a lot of people hate it. You know, his his movies are polarizing that way. He was mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be our Tarantino of horror is what he was kind of mm-hmm. supposed to be, you know, as he went along his career. But yeah, this film, it feels like I was confused. Like, is he matured? But then you get to the feet stuff at the end. I was like, no, he's not matured. He's just <laughs> reined back for some reason he's just pulled it back i think it's more he's reined back yeah Yeah. like now i i have no doubt that he looks at some of those elements in like cabin fever and goes like we i wish i i would like to undo that Mm -hmm. if i could but i think in this instance here's how i this is here how it came across to me is so this is meant for 
this is meant to make some money in the box office. This is not a niche film that that, you know, is getting released at a weird time or getting a limited run or is going to straight to shutter, shutter exclusive, anything like this. This is something they want to get teenagers in the seats for right this is a hey let's go out a group of friends go out and and see this wacky thanksgiving horror movie um so i think what was done is it wasn't necessarily sterilized i mean you could maybe say that but i think what kind of happened is and i'm seeing this with a bunch of different horror movies right now and and i'm gonna try to not say this and sound like um as as I'm not going to try to sound as little boomerish as I can right now, because like, you know, full disclosure here for those of you who are new to the podcast, Steve and I like we're in our late thirties, right? We're not, we're not, we're not young kids by any stretch of the imagination anymore. And this movie is definitely right to get, get, you know, teens and, and 20 somethings right out, out to the theater. Right. There are sensibilities that I have that, that are clear in the industry right now that are like just uh, detour signs for that younger audience. Mm-hmm. And one is anything sexual is really, and I'm not talking about like hard R intense, you know, I'm not talking about like sexual violence necessarily. Uh, maybe you could argue that that's the case, but like really anything like, I'm trying to avoid saying a particular phrase, but I'm just going to say like kids nowadays are kind of prudish when it comes to movies. Yeah. Like they don't want to see, they don't want to see sexually charged things in horror. Yeah. Um, It makes them uncomfortable as it probably should. Right. But that's kind of why I like it because it makes me uncomfortable. Like that's part of the reason, like that's why I like movies. I I talk about that. I can't trust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen it described. This movie felt, yeah. I have seen it described in a different way though. Like it's not mm-hmm. just that they're prudish and the the it makes it uncomfortable for them, but yeah. because they're so overexposed to sexualized stuff everywhere, it means mm. nothing to them. So like so like okay. I understand what you're saying cuz I have the same thing of like when we see like boobs in a movie we're like oh oh no it's a little taboo you know like they're showing they're showing us something taboo that like you know you couldn't watch but like yeah because they're so screen addicted and like inundated Mm -hmm. with you know sexualized shit everywhere and like porn is like one click away Mm -hmm. it 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 doesn't add anything to the movie for them so it doesn't it doesn't help it or hurt it like one way or other so they just rather not see it because they see it everywhere else i could see that too right and i'm sure there's no hard hard fast you know situation that's happening here like i think so the reason i said this is is like you know i had a little bit of a drive to my in-laws house i was actually meeting my you know family out there so like i was by myself so this is obviously not something i would be able to listen to with my kids in the car (laughs) but i was listening to a couple other like reviews and like short you know podcast where people were talking about this movie because there's not a lot out about it yet because it just came out a couple days ago and a few of them were podcasts by you know that were definitely younger hosts Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just got this take like i kind of got this very clear take from them that like they don't want that type of stuff in their movies and Mm -hmm. it's like they kind of look down on movies that that 
lean in hard on the those types of things, mm. which I, again, I, I guarantee you 10 years from now, you know, let alone 20, 30 years from now, it, it's going to be a pretty clear cut, um, uh, I guess, discussion around why these trends go up and down mm-hmm. in, in horror, you know, and why a particular generation looks for this versus another one looks for, you know, something else. So like, this is something that is developing that that you know we don't understand and that frankly we're at the we're behind the curve on yeah you know what i mean we're too old it doesn't we're too old to understand why younger kids like the things or dislike the things they do yeah. and it's old man yelling at cloud right you know what i mean to to say one way or the other but for for me as like a seasoned you know kind of old I say older but yeah i mean i'm in my late 30s older compared to probably the target audience for this movie it did feel a little Mickey Mouse sterilized at times. Yeah. Yeah. It it does feel a little sterilized. And also it just, it feels more wrong that it's coming from Eli Roth because he built his yeah. career off like the most shocking edgelord stuff that you could get away that Lionsgate would put out, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and things, things I feel like now, like there is, uh, like these these like the target audience for this because i can't keep saying these kids because i sound so boomer right now i'm gonna fucking puke on myself <laughs> but like the 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 target demographic for this movie were raised on netflix right mm-hmm. and so they there is a little bit more of um uh i think there's they're they're coming to horror for for different things, mm-hmm. but this is like a weird mix because it does have some pretty mean spirited violence, mm-hmm. um, and I, and it's and it's interesting to me that like that is not viewed in the same way as something, especially when you're talking about a, a slasher movie, like a slasher movie. It, there is a pretty well-established set of tropes. And when you have a slasher movie that really adheres to most of those, and this really feels like a 90s teen slasher, mm-hmm. except for the fact that everyone feels just completely asexual. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the only difference. So it does stick out to me as a, you know, like a sore thumb as somebody who, who grew up on a different you know, an entirely different. And I mean, I, I understand the social value of not, you know, making sexual content taboo. And like, maybe it's because this generation is more open about that. Great. Like uh, uh, that's, that's a lovely thing from a societal standpoint, but it feels strangely, uh, I don't know, catering or or pandering is the word I'm looking for when you're talking about like what feels like a bit of a throwback slasher. Yeah. I, yeah. Eli Roth was definitely like building a throwback slasher in this, you know, like there's so much like uh, DNA of My Bloody Valentine in this movie. My Bloody Valentine for sure. And like there's definitely some some elements of even like you know, I know what you did last summer and stuff right, like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I identified know. my bloody Valentine. I know what you did last summer. And then I even got like the opening scene with the dinners. I was like, is this going to be a Santa sleigh situation? 
Okay, so I need your help on this too. And and we haven't talked about the cast yet, but I do want to jump into this a little bit because I showed up a couple minutes late. Yeah. Uh, I was making 15 pounds of mashed potatoes and I don't know how much I missed. So I'll tell you what, what I saw when I first came in. Okay. The first thing I saw was them walking up to the store on Black Friday. Oh, okay. And the team, the, the, the baseball stud boyfriend and you know and then the 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 new guy uh and we haven't went through their names and stuff like that so i'm top of my mind but basically them walking up towards the front of the store and the one kid like like hey you want to go out with me blah 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 blah. and then these the baseball boyfriend coming up and going hey fuck off bud that's the first thing i saw okay so i guess my question is what did i miss before that and how much okay because i was like oh i didn't miss anything but maybe i did i mean you didn't miss a terrible amount you just kind of miss like the uh character setups so the first okay. you, the before that store scene you get kind of a back and forth between two homes and mm-hmm. uh the one home is with the sh- uh the sheriff arrives yeah uh, patrick dempsey the sheriff he he arrives yeah, yeah. to uh mitch and gina gershon's house okay for their thanksgiving and then you get the other side which is uh rick hoffman Who's just that that great sleaze who plays who plays Mr. Wright in the film? Yeah, you get his like kind of family Thanksgiving with his daughter. Okay, and so you kind of get the back and forth of the two house households and like the rich house is obviously really big and everybody's having a good time, and then you have the other mm-hmm. household where Mitch is like upset because he has to go in to work at Wright Mart on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it's it's okay. a little back and forth and just early character setup. It's not that important, but because it was dinner scenes, I was like, "Oh, are we going to start this off with a Santa sleigh situation?" <laughs> is James is James Con going to show up? Right. Is you know is, is the nanny going to be there? Yeah, no. Okay, well that makes sense, and that also does help to set up, um, you know, a little bit of that like uh, 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 I guess dissonance between people of different like socio and economic classes which is obviously the you know part of the theme you know in this movie mm-hmm. anyway so let's let's talk about the cast here real quick you get like a cast of people who you're going to recognize a lot of faces and frankly surprised that they got some of these in this movie the the number one uh uh, of course, being uh, Patrick Dempsey. He's the guy from freaking uh, 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 Grey's Anatomy and stuff, right? S- and he plays, you know, the kind of small town sheriff here in, in Plymouth, Massachusetts. You've got some other people who are like, I kind of think I recognize their face, but I, I'm looking at what they're in and I'm starting to think they're more um, like internet famous than acting famous yeah so <laughs> um some of them on it so yeah so like rick hoffman the guy who plays mr right like you'll recognize his mm-hmm. face immediately because he is just yes always a slime i don't think there's ever been a yeah. role where he's not a slime um and he's in like suits right that's the yeah. show a lot of people would know him from yeah right? he's in suits he's also in the original hostel so Mm-hmm. Yeah, people would get that. Like he's in Billions, which is just another mo- show about like, you know, rich people being slime. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, another name, but like to your point of like people who are more internet famous, there's Addison mm-hmm. Ray, 
who like yes. I recognize the name, but I didn't know what she looks like. I've just heard that name on the internet of like same. It's like that's a famous person, and like that's a famous person for the young crowd that we're talking about. Like the, that, mm-hmm. she's part of the eighteen to thirty-four demographic. We're not anymore. So, like you know, this is where we <laughs> yeah. start getting misses. We start missing. You know, uh, I guess I know. I felt pretty old when I was like, I know I've heard the name Addison Ray. What is she in? And I looked, and I was like, I don't know any of these things. Yeah, I think she's just from TikTok. Like that's kind of how I took it. <laughs> um, but again, I'm a thousand. And then the the other person. So so uh, yeah. So there's there's. Um, so she plays Gabby. She, frankly, her character is pretty inconsequential. Mm-hmm. There's Jessica, who is kind of the main protagonist, and she's played by Nell Verla- Verlac. Verla- is that how you say I would, it? Yeah, I would go Verlac. Verlac? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, did not know who she was. Uh, had to look her up. She she is she's in some things, but you know I get the, the like I said she's she's definitely somebody probably somebody who's ten years younger than me yeah. would be a lot more uh, a, a lot more familiar with right. The one person that I was surprised to see uh, that I did know who they are. It's strictly because I have young children. Is Milo Mannheim? Um, I know him. I have seen this fucking kid's face for so many hours because my kids are were not so much anymore but when a couple years ago were diehard fans of zombies okay okay so this is a franchise of disney musicals like it is a three i think it's only three movies i i've only seen three of them but i've seen each of these three movies a <laughs> hundred fucking times they are disney uh 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 like straight to disney plus like high school musical style movies about zombies and humans. And like the first one is essentially a, uh, you know, it's a Romeo and Juliet thing between a zombie and a human. And he plays the zombie boy and she's the human girl. And the towns like separate, like there's like racial injustice vibes, but it's zombies and humans. It's real weird and heavy and it's for (laughs) little kids, right? And then later on, there's fucking werewolves and aliens and it just gets wacky. But my kids like literally dressed up like them for Halloween, you know, a couple of years ago. So I know I've seen this fucking kid a thousand times. He's like the one of the two stars of this franchise, Um, which was weird because when I watched those movies 10,000 times with my kids, he was like, much younger and really skinny and lanky and a child. And now he's like six foot five, like fucking enormous grown ass man. And like it, I, I almost had like a, it was like, wait, who, who the fuck is that? Oh my God. That's the fucking zombie. That's kid. the kid. Like, it was, yeah. Uh, which was kind of bizarre, but um, so he's definitely, you know, I think pretty well known to, uh, uh, to, like I said, to a younger generation as well. Um, like we said, Patrick Dempsey plays plays the sheriff. Bizarre that he's in this movie and he plays a huge role, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising. They get Gina Gershon for like a hot sec, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Tim Dillon, he plays the security guard. I know he's a he's a comedian of note. Yeah. I've seen him before. Uh, Jenna Warren is another person that I only know, exi- you know, who's just an Internet person. Uh, and and there's probably three or four more that, and then this Jalen Thomas Brooks, um, who plays like one of the other kind of main characters on there. He's been in a handful of things in recent years. 
but uh, like he was on Harvey Danger like a few years ago. Like these, there's like a handful of characters that are played by like former child stars like disney style child stars that are just eight like into their mid-20s now so it's like they're not child stars anymore you yeah. know they got it like they're you know it's almost like somebody involved with like disney or something like that was was involved with casting because there's a few of those it's it's they're just out of disney like we just aged out and we're trying to take serious roles now and th- this is the this yeah. is the progression. Like when you become an adult, you still have to go through horror movies as like a pr- proving ground mm-hmm. that you can act. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. Um, so you know, I guess we're we're not going to go through plot point point by plot point in this, but I think the the opening scene is definitely worth discussing in in a lot greater detail because I don't know if I love it or hate it. I think I need to watch it again. I like but, I like it um, as a setup. It's such a, it's such a smart yeah. setup, but I but yeah. for some reason the scene itself doesn't play like perfectly. I was gonna I agree a hundred percent. I was gonna say like I really like the scenario and the way they set it up, and they they really did a great job of of creating tension early. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know that they stuck the landing on, yeah. on this scene. But you you get this setup of it's it's Thanksgiving night right so the kind of lineup for black friday shopping and you're at this big big box you know it's really meant to mimic walmart Mm -hmm. right even so much so as like the employees are wearing like the blue smocks and stuff like that so so you're outside it's called right mart and they've got a big like this big black friday sale that's getting ready to kick off and you have a bunch of people outside and this was when I was like, I was wondering if I was kind of confused that I missed a little bit at the beginning of this or, or not, because they're like separated by these <laughs> like barriers and things are getting really heated really early with this crowd. And I wonder how much of this would land with, you know, let's say an 18 year old, 21 year old audience right now, because when you and I were in high school right in the early 2000s black friday shopping was a fucking humongous and it still is of course it still is right it's one of the biggest shopping days of the year mm-hmm. but the whole chaos of black friday and like people trampling each other and fist fighting and stabbing each other and all that shit that was the peak i feel like yeah in the early 2000s of that happening i don't get the feeling that it's as intense as it was not at all i mean we're to we're to the point in 2023 that i've heard ads just refer to it as black november and like i think walmart has gone to the model of doing weekly deals so like there's like there's these deals this black friday there's these deals the next friday so it's like four fridays of deals rather than having these insane fucking throwdowns so like yeah, doorbuster craziness. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. So this feels like it feels out of place, but it yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that's how I thought too. Uh, that's how I felt too, and I wasn't sure that I was on the right track there. But I was like, I don't feel like I see these 
stories of like in the 90s and, and early 2000s, people were shanking each other at Walmart oh, yeah. for a TV. Right. And like now and I even when I was in high school, I, mean, I don't know if you did this as well, but I was in high school. Me and my friends would go mm-hmm. to like line up on Thanksgiving night. But then we didn't actually um, like I would go like we would line up at Best Buy and wait in line for three hours and like smoke a joint and just like take in the craziness of the whole thing just because it was a crazy chaotic thing to do. But then we'd get into Best Buy and we just like buy a couple DVDs like we weren't there to buy the hundred dollar plasma screen TV or anything. Oh, like, yeah, not at all. We were just there to because it was wild and chaotic. And 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 I remember like people fucking fighting over shit like when they got let into the store it was chaotic oh yeah i like i was the same way i was we would go it was me and my friends and we would go we would get like just you know the dvd video game or cd deals and then like we would go have like a big brunch or something somewhere you know and yeah we would go to denny's afterwards yeah yeah we'd go to denny's or uh fucking eaton park and just like (laughs) chill and look at our hall you know of like cheap ass dvds that we probably could have gotten cheaper if we waited a couple months you know like but it was just it was just a fun thing to do and like i think sometimes we would go to a movie too but other than that yeah you know yeah yeah. it wasn't uh yeah we weren't there fighting and i only have one story of like it wasn't i didn't even get in a fight or anything but it's like i went for a tv and i went to Mm -hmm. a walmart at like four in the morning I went through like I planned it out too to the point where like I'm going through the mm-hmm. garden section, I'm going in this way. Like yeah. I, I took a smaller entrance. I went all and just like I was in and out in 20 minutes of just like and you got stabbed with a pitchfork. I only saw three stabbings and you know a fire, and that was it. But but I was yeah. in and out, and that was all that mattered to me. <laughs> yeah, it was like so. So this is a big setup of like something that was. Uh, like uh, not didn't feel particularly relevant to to 2023 but anyway it's pretty funny it's pretty entertaining this movie is like maybe the the biggest value that it adds i, I don't want to pretend like i i didn't like it i i enjoy this movie spoiler alert but like one of the things that this movie really does is it really goes deep on the whole like mass hole aesthetic yeah so it's Plymouth, Massachusetts, and everyone in the movie, except for the main characters, mysteriously, all have like insane mass hole accents. Yeah. <laughs> and they're and and the early part of the movie, they're all lining up. And apparently there's a protest happening, although I, I don't really see that that much. Maybe I was missing it. But the 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 plot synopsis I'm reading said there was a pro protest happening. Basically, you just there's a bunch of people screaming and getting more and more agitated because they want let into the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's some dick who's like apparently from the rival high school and he's really stirring the pot and he's fucking hilarious and he's just like fuck you fuck your mother fuck your sister he's just like saying (laughs) that guy rules he's a great character he does he's fucking great um but he's just around getting them all fired up and then you have like the main crew right the main protagonist crew or the main protagonist uh which i think we we mentioned her name is jessica and then you've got gabby and you've got is it lonnie's the asshole boyfriend uh is that lonnie uh or no i might get it mixed up the friend's boyfriend so like 
Gabby, who's Addison Ray, her boyfriend, the the kind of one that's like the giantest of all the douchebags. I thought that was Evan. Is that Evan? Is that Evan? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's Evan. That's Evan. Sorry, the picture I'm looking at on on the internet is here is him as like a kid when he was on the yeah, Disney Channel or whatever. Yeah, I think. So then there's Evan. Yeah, I think Lon isn't Lonnie the screaming kid. Yeah, Lonnie's the fuck your mother. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. And then you have Bobby, um, who's like who who is Jessica's boyfriend at the time. And then yeah, so and then you've got like Yulia, who's like the weird character who her dad is a russian mobster for no reason i thought that was funny it's, it's just a funny gag there's there's a lot of <laughs> it was funny. there's a lot of little weird funny gags for no reason but it just it yeah. makes the movie more interesting and more like stand out in that way like so there's yulia's dad yeah. who's just this russian mobster and he's like come we go to florida <laughs> like <laughs> yeah he's just driving this like fancy suv and like for some reason his house is being uh like renovated and i don't like no they don't really ever explain explain why that's the case yeah i think um, it's it's some sort of drug and tax purpose thing that he's just you you get the idea it's shady yeah 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 because there's a cop asks him he's like when is it gonna be done he's like never don't worry <laughs> but, but then, like there's another <laughs> gag in this movie that like it has no consequence on anything but it's so funny and stupid for no reason is Mm-hmm. They're in class and they're giving book reports on Thanksgiving. And yeah. there's this one just kind of mop haired kid, Chad, who gives like this impassioned report and he's like crying at the end and he's sitting at a table with three other girls. <laughs> and like as like as he's crying, he pulls his shirt up to reveal like an eight pack and dab his tears yeah, like, with his shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just it's yeah, that's- such a weird gag. But like it's just this obvious like nod to like super sensitive dudes who are also just shredded and like they get all of the women now <laughs> yeah yeah he's just like really he's just playing the sensitive card super hard um and then what is her the the russian the russian uh girl's boyfriend's name i didn't i'm, I'm missing this that here. is that is scuba that's scuba that's right i knew he had a i knew he had a he had a uh, uh, kind of a nickname there. Yeah, um, yeah, because his last name is Diving, yeah. so they call him Scuba Diving. Yeah, da- <laughs> yeah. Gabriel Davenport is played by. He's played by who, like, you know, he's like the big, you know, muscly jock guy of the group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all like the football players, all this stuff. So this is kind of interesting, and and go- this is going back to like the change in sensibilities here a little bit. Not to get like too overly cerebral about this movie, but when you think about like the the tried and true tenets of and tropes of of a teen specifically a teen slasher movie typically speak and i'm talking about the really beloved ones like halloween and friday the 13th and then all the ones that were just spinoffs of of all those right so the really established slasher tropes are you know if you're a teenager the the reason you're gonna get killed is because you're fucking or you're drinking or you're doing drugs or mm-hmm. maybe you're doing some sort of like minor crime or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In this. And then the difference between that person and the and the final girl or it could be, uh, uh, it, it, you know, the main protagonist, which is typically, you know, traditionally a final girl, um, is that that person is kind of above all that. 
and is like a little bit at odds with the friend group because they don't participate in the things that get you killed, whatever right. they may be, right? Or they were just drawn into it. Like they, they yes, they're, they're along for yeah, along for the ride's a better way of putting. It. I was going to say wrong place, wrong time, but yeah, no, they're kind of just along for the ride. This is different in that this group. These essentially three couples, Jessica, her boyfriend, and the two other couples, they're all, you know, they're they're not fucking, they're not even really doing drugs, although they do call out, you know, that they do addies and stuff throughout, mm-hmm. but they don't demonize it. No. The the main thing that they're doing is is being uh like spoiled rich kids basically like they're entitled yeah that is the main thing that is the main but jessica is every bit if not more so than the rest of them yeah so what makes jessica you can tell she's a little bit more sensitive to it and and remorseful about what ultimately happens in the opening scene which i know we got off on a little bit of a tangent and so we'll get back to that the the black friday thing in a second but what what is the redeeming quality of any of these kids, including Jessica? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't I don't necessarily get it. Uh, so, like, the redeeming quality comes for Jessica just like as an arc because she eventually releases like the security tapes and everything or or yeah, tries, a year later. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> she's yeah, she's not good. So, like, she definitely should still be on the hook for Mm -hmm. what goes down at the black friday event but Mm -hmm. at the same time she doesn't really do anything at that event but neither does gabby or yulia it's only they really don't yeah it's only um evan who Mm -hmm. is taking video and also eventually uploads a video to youtube (laughs) yeah that you know is like making fun of all the people who died um (laughs) And then <laughs> which is that's a pretty funny little video. Yeah. It's like R.I.P. survivors smash that like. But it's like this really, you know, <laughs> yeah, classic douchey YouTube video, which did he did he upload that? He uploaded it. But then also he mentions he took it down. So, like, yeah, yeah. it got uploaded and then somebody saved it and then starts re-uploading it a year later. So, like, yeah, he posted cringe, but somebody downloaded his cringe before he could get right. rid of it. So, but um, well, but- the. The then, good thing Evan's doing and the the gag that he's doing is he's taunting all the people waiting outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny bit. Like he's like holding up like an iPhone and he's like holding the things they they desperately want to get in there and buy and like like taunting them with him through the window because he gets led in the back door. Jessica along with all her friends get let in the back door because jessica's dad owns the store right so like jessica that's jessica's big sin is the like the entitlement she has of being the daughter's owner she gets everybody in the back door and then put all of her friends ahead of everybody else who had been waiting so like that's her big sin in causing the riot because had she not let evan in evan wouldn't have been doing the bits with the iphones enraging Mm -hmm. lonnie Who's you know outside yeah. at the gate, <laughs> yeah. inciting the riot as well? Do you so. think Lonnie was a Halloween reference? Uh, I, I, I feel like why would you why would you name a character Lonnie? I don't otherwise? know it's, and, because and, it sounds anyway. funny in a mass hole accent. Fucking yeah, Lonnie, fucking Lonnie, fucking Lonnie, goddamn um, Lonnie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then Lonnie, you know what 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 is? I mean, that's kind of what the what they're they're 
really riling up the the audience outside or the the crowd outside. But the inciting incident basically is that Lonnie grabs the bullhorn from the cop. Um, I guess we should say right before that, uh, Gina Gershwin's character comes in and like brings uh, the cop uh, a. Uh, well, no, she brings a store. She brings a store manager. Store manager. Yeah. Yeah, it brings the store manager um, who let me get this clear because I, I, I again, I wasn't taking notes. So I'm remembering here. The store manager is Gina Gershwin's character is married to whom is married to Mitch. That's what you missed in the beginning yeah. is because okay. Gina, or Patrick Dempsey comes to the house of Mitch, the store manager and Gina Gershon for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So like you miss okay. you miss that setup that Mitch and Gina Gershon are married. And then, okay. And then Mitch has to go into work. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because he was, of course, desperately. And I was wondering when I was thinking after, did I misremember? Because whenever spoiler alert, we're spoiling the whole movie. Yeah. But when after she is killed, Mitch is the one mourning her. Mm -hmm. But then it comes back around in the climax and well, in the ending, in the explanation of the movie, but that that um, there was there was more going on than meets the eye. Right. Um, so anyway, the the inciting incident is Lonnie basically taking uh, the the Patrick Dempsey. What's his fucking name? I can't remember. I keep calling him Patrick Dempsey. Sheriff. Um, the, <laughs> the, just call him the sheriff. Yeah. Taking the sheriff's bullhorn and saying, OK, the doors are open. And then everyone from the back starts pushing. They break through the barrier. The security guard <laughs> just kind of runs away, which was interesting because one of the reasons why I don't know if they actually stuck the landing on this is because at times it doesn't feel like there's that many people there yeah <laughs> it's like this is a manageable amount of people yeah um but it is what it is uh, the same thing happens later when there's the whole uh, uh parade scene when you're like i don't i don't feel like there's that many people here you right. know it feels a little it, feel, it feels a little empty um which took me out of it a little bit but he gets everyone fired up. They all start pressing against the glass. People are getting crushed against the glass. Ultimately, you know, one of the other security guards is trying to unlock the door so people don't get crushed against the glass. The glass breaks away, ma mashes him, and all hell breaks loose in, in a what is a very comically charged scene. Mm -hmm. um, like the glass breaks, a guy, even though it's like, safety glass a guy gets his throat cut on the glass as he's entering the store yeah. he's like oh. yeah it's like it's very car he, cartoonish and he just keeps going <laughs> like he just keeps shopping and i guess the other really big joke here is that like the big item that they're all really desperately trying to get and fight over are like belgian waffles Right. It's it's such a non thing. Like it's not it's not a new invention. It's not a yeah. you know particularly useful one. It's a one use Belgian waffle maker and everybody's killing each yeah. other for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so they get in there and immediately people start getting fucked up. Um you know, fast forward a little bit. What ends up happening is one uh Mitch's wife um, which I still didn't write down her name. She ends up <laughs> it's it's this scene where they they and they do some some cool practical effects here. But the ultimate like shortcoming here 
is there's so much going on and they're really trying to focus in on all this chaos that's happening. But in all the chaos and the violence of this like mad rush into the store, you have a that kind of thing where everyone feels like they're made of Play-Doh a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> like relatively minor physical altercations end up in like massive uh, physical wounds, right. <laughs> you know, like like, uh, uh, you know, the guy slashing his throat, you know, by walking through and like glass touches his neck and his throat gashes open. Or like, like I said, Gina Gershon, like she falls down in the chaos and then like somebody with a cart like hits her head and it just like fucking brains her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it like um, rips, off, it rips off part of her scalp as it, you know, trolleys away. Well, yeah, then her yeah, her hair gets caught in the wheel and like pulls off part of her scalp. And then and then like somebody like steps on his name's Bobby, who's Jessica's, you know, he's like the ace pitcher on the baseball team, steps on his arm and his like compound fracture, like elbow yeah. explodes. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. his just arm like, just crumples like a can. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot going on here. And you're just like, you know, so it's all it's all this fucking chaos and stuff. And then. You know, it's essentially fast forward a year. Somebody has uploaded this all to the Internet. But um, Jessica's dad, who owns the store, has basically destroyed all the, uh, the 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 security footage. So a lot of this got brushed under the rug and he spent a year trying to basically clean up his image and do a lot of positive things in the town to try to get people to forget about it. But the plan is he's just going to do it again the next year. He's going to have another big, you know, blowout doorbuster sale. Uh, literally one year after all these people were killed and there's like a fake, you know, there's like a little news bulletin and it's like one year after blah, 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 the tragedy that happened at the, at the fucking right Mart or whatever it's called. Uh, and, they're like star baseball pitcher, you know, yeah. he got hurt. And meanwhile, like a bunch of people died and they're like talking about how he never pitched again. Yeah. And they're like, and no just, arrests uh, were made. And, you know, the, nobody was held accountable, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a year later and and that's when things get kicked off. You've got the sheriff. There, there are like 40 red herrings in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is red herring the movie. Right. There's we're, characters that are just created just to be red hair. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is why I really like the opening, because it gave mm-hmm. basically the entire town motive if they wanted it. Mm-hmm. But you also have yeah. like specific motive with like Mitch losing his wife, Bobby losing his arm, things like that. So like you have yeah. specific motive, but you have overarching motive. So like that's why I like the idea of the, the opening scene. But it's a good mm-hmm. setup. Yeah. And then then you have like a new deputy coming to town and I'm like, oh, we're going to see things through the eyes of this new deputy. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, no, he was literally just brought in because he's kind of big and scary and you could you think he might be the killer. Right. Yeah. He fits the bill. He doesn't. He plays almost no. Actually, and and interestingly enough, he doesn't even physically fit the build because you see the character, the killer, uh, you know, pretty close up and, and intimately and you see that like he's not that big and he's kind of short mm-hmm. <laughs> like and that guy's giant so you're like it ain't him um but anyway thanksgiving in plymouth is a big deal and for some reason they all decided that they're gonna have these masks these pilgrim masks and it's john carver who was like 
the you know the what was he he was the like the town he was some town founder or whatever yeah he was an important guy in the original plymouth colony and they have these masks of him and everyone's wearing him around so it's a little bit of a v for vendetta looking kind of situation but imagine a you know a pilgrim with a mustache go you know kind of a goatee and uh and some like long hair and people are wearing pilgrim hats with it and all this stuff and it's just like a town pride thanksgiving type of thing um of course the killer wears one and Otherwise, they keep saying, like, he's dressed like a pilgrim. He's actually not. He's wearing a Michael Myers <laughs> costume. <laughs> but instead of the Michael Myers mask, he's wearing a pilgrim mask and a hat and a pilgrim hat. Yeah, that's what he's wearing. Yeah, there's nothing else pilgrim about it. He's wearing like a, a like a mechanics like jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. dressed like a pilgrim for like a play <laughs> that needs a quick yeah. change. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so so now you're you're a year in and uh, and you're getting reintroduced to a lot of the characters. and You start to see that some of the people who were like guilty of all the craziness that happened at the at the right mart, you know, at the 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 whole tragedy that happened on Black Friday are still around town. One of them being, you know, the the ornery local mass hole uh, waitress at the diner that they're all hanging out at. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll jump around here to some some scenes perhaps that we liked. Um, you know, what was anyone's come to mind that you liked or disliked for for any reason? I'm not going to necessarily drain the plot here because yeah. it's pretty formulaic overall, I would say. Yeah, but. yeah, it is pretty formulaic. And just like, I guess I like the first two thirds of this movie a lot more than I did mm -hmm. the last third. Yeah, because the last third is doing so much of trying to get in all of the high points of the Thanksgiving trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. But um but like Eli Roth doesn't really deliver any surprises is what I is kind of what the bummer was for me. Like like I'm okay if he wants to recreate all the stuff from the Thanksgiving trailer and you know maybe put a different spin on it. But like I've already seen that like in a more extreme version so like give me one in the trailer yeah so like give me one last surprise give me give me something that'll shock me at the end yeah um but yeah yeah all the stuff at the beginning i like because like I, I i was genuinely like i think the scene in the diner is maybe my favorite at this moment mm -hmm. because it has a really good effective jump scare that's done properly because it's a jump scare that leads to danger like it's followed mm -hmm. up with the death of the uh, of the diner waitress. Mm -hmm. So and then, yeah, that, it's fun. Yeah. And there's like there is some there are some creative kills in, in this, I would say, as well. Like, I mean, ultimately, not not even what kills her, but when she's, you know, the, the diner waitress, you know, they stick her head in the sink. So she's all wet. And then he opens up the freezer, presses her face against the, you know, the 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 freezer wall, you know, in the in the, the deep freezer and then like pulls a bunch of her skin off. And then yeah. she's trying to call the cops, but her like facial recognition on her phone won't work. Cause her face is all fucked up. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of cheeky, cheeky, <laughs> ah. like clever stuff there. And, and, and it's fun. And then ultimately she gets, uh, they, I would say there is some heavy handed CGI at moments. Yeah. Sometimes, um, but they do, they do 
do have some good practical effects as well. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing that Eli Roth really likes to do is go heavy on the intestines. Mm -hmm. Um, There are like five intestine spilling shots in this movie. (laughs) Like the, the, the brat and kielbasa budget on this movie was through the roof. Yeah. Um, but he really likes that type of shot, like they just guts falling out and intestines. He must have, like they must have like gotten some sort of sponsorship from a butcher or something, and just gave him a whole bunch of pe- yeah. Johnson Johnsonville's a title is above the title sponsor. Yeah. For that. here's a here's a bunch of pig casings for you. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, you know, like I said, it I th- I think it lands, and and that that whole scene where she you know she's killed, and then ultimately like the bottom part of her torso is like impaled on the uh like on the sign for 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 the store um you know so this kind of alarms the whole town there there it does feel like overall the characters are operating a little bit independently because you never really get the sense that there's that much actual like panic that's happening in the town despite the fact that there's tons of murders happening Mm -hmm. in very public ways all over town yeah Um, but it does feel like it's really only affecting a small group of people yeah it doesn't have the same kind of um like jaws you know where like yeah jaws is the entire town affected and like you 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 get scenes of people like running out of the water and everything you don't get the same Mm. feeling with this it just feels like oh you have the kids who are getting instagram tagged and that bothers them but mm-hmm. everybody else seems to be kind of dragging their feet yeah although it does make sense with the ending of how ineffective like the police force is yeah so yeah so yeah you're right i mean so i i guess a couple of things most of this movie is a, is a little bit of a of a of a who done it like uh e- even a, even some giallo elements i i'll say mm-hmm. one thing about the killer i'll say is you see him a lot and i don't get the feeling that i, I never get the feeling that he's terrifically intimidating um, no. except for when you except for when you get him in his element at his little you know at his crib where he's g- keeping all the 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 bodies and all this stuff it's probably worth saying because it's a huge plot point not that we're going through all the big plot points this, you know one by one but ultimately you know it's a revenge thing as you might have probably already guessed and he is setting up a quote-unquote thanksgiving dinner table with all of the these victims that were present or somehow responsible for the the tragedy that happened at the store on black friday so he keeps sending you know instagram posts and stuff to all of you know the the people the the survivors specifically like the teen friend group where there's like a place setting and there's people's names associated you know on each of the place settings and then as he kills people he has either their body or a body part or something like that you know basically representing their you know, at their place setting. So he's kind of collecting victims in this sense. So it's not, it's never like a, who's going to get killed next. You kind of know, because a lot of times they like set up who's going to get killed next. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just kind of tell, like, you can just kind of tell by plot armor, what makes sense. Like, of course yeah. they're going to kill the diner waitress and Tim Dillon because they mm-hmm. don't matter 
to the rest of the group dynamics. And then right. they get... You can lose them easily. Right. And then you get Lonnie and his girlfriend killed. Because, again, they don't matter to the plot dynamics, but they have a big hand in what happened at the event. So it's... Yeah. So, yeah, it, it feels a little predictable in plot armory that way. Mm-hmm. L- Lonnie and his girlfriend, that's probably one worth talking about because it is, a, a, a you know, obviously a pretty famous shot. But I uh, from from the original trailer from 2007 that inspired the movie. But I also think... This is an example of where things got a little, uh, 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 you know, a little neutered, maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, where, you know, you go in there and and he's in there and he's in the weight room and it looks like he's, I don't know, he's motivating people in the weight room in some capacity. I don't know if he's graduated from high school and now he's like (sighs) a coach or a I don't know, but he's just like going around just saying mass whole shit and, 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 and kind of like. I don't know, just being over the top in the weight room. And then his girlfriend, who he's sneaking around with, maybe because she's still a student. I don't know. You don't get much backstory here, but she is a cheerleader and she's like, you know, hey, come on, like, let's go, you know, fuck in the locker room or something. And he's and she's like luring him back into the back room and she has a trampoline set up with a like spotlight over it. And apparently she's going to do like a trampoline strip tease, which is pretty much exactly what happens in the, in the trailer, yeah. in the 2007 trailer. Yeah. So without that context, this might seem really stupid and out of place, but if you've seen that trailer, this is a pretty memorable part of that trailer. Mm-hmm. So um, ultimately it's a little dramatized in the sense that like in the movie, the boyfriend who's watching the trampoline strip tease by the cheerleader just gets kind of pulled down. In this instance, his head gets just twisted around. So the killer has superhuman strength, apparently, which is not <laughs> doesn't make any sense in the long term. But again, uh, once you find out who the killer is. But but again, we've already seen early on. Everybody else has made a Play-Doh. Like, yeah, so it does. It, it still tracks within the world because your arm can yeah. be crumpled like a can by somebody stepping on it. So that also means your head can be turned all the way around. <laughs> yeah, everyone's made a Play-Doh. Yeah. So he literally spins a person's head the way around. So you're like, what the fuck does it mean? But anyway, and then the 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 quote unquote gag from the trailer is that as she's jumping on the trampoline and bouncing and jumping and doing splits and all this stuff she's stripping she's taking her clothes off you see you know boobs and butts and all that stuff and then someone puts a knife up through the trampoline and ultimately she does a poorly timed split where she's meant to land on her like bare ass on the trampoline and she is you know essentially stabbed in the crotch with the knife that is poking up out of the trampoline so this is like a really classic you can not classic in the sense that it's like a trope or anything but you can just tell this was eli roth going like what kind of grimy grindhouse shit can i suggest that would feel so absurd in a Thanksgiving movie. That right. was the gag. Yeah, that was the gag in 2007. But now they have to bring it to life in the movie and they and they pull their punch. Yeah, um, it's so which it's, is it was so probably OK, but it was just like, come on, guys, you're going to do it. Just fucking do it. It was so know? disappointing to me because, yeah, one, you have the grand setup of the trampoline. Yeah. 
because it's like it's right. it's supposed to pop you the way it's filmed. She leads yeah. she leads Lonnie into a dark room and there's like you see nothing in the darkness except for like a chair for Lonnie to sit on. She walks off into the darkness and hits the spotlights and it's like supposed to be like the Undertaker showing up, but it's not the Undertaker, yeah. it's the trampoline. You go, oh, it's the trampoline! Right. Fuck yes! Oh my god! What is it? Trampoline! Trampoline! Is it what now? Oh my god! My god! That must be Kane! Yeah. yeah. Go god, it's the trampoline! She's gonna get stabbed in the <laughs> vagina! God God. Yeah. So now, it's but, it's filmed to pop yeah. you, and then even in her little striptease routine, like she hits the split on the trampoline as like a setup, as like oh she's she's doing this move, and it's going to be part of her mm-hmm. routine for Lonnie. So she's going to hit the she's going to hit the split clothed to tease him, and then she'll hit the split again and she'll get stabbed. But that yeah, that it doesn't like you said. He pulls his punch, and I'm I'm half wondering like I I have to assume he filmed it anyway yeah and like took it out later I, I think so i got to assume that i mean this is this is a lot of speculation but if i gotta if i gotta guess i would say that this was something that they were like because really you have to think about it th- like in a in a cynical like overly pragmatic way how, what percentage of the audience is going to watch this and expect that because they know and remember the 2007 trailer versus people who are just going in because it's this is a Thanksgiving silly slasher movie mm-hmm. and are going to be turned off by a woman getting stabbed in the crotch versus people who are, you know, so, you know, it's cynical to think that. But that's probably what happened, given the scope of this project, mm-hmm. that they they had to do that math yeah. in their head. You know, I mean, maybe they didn't even do the math. They just did like test screenings. In every test screening, and they were like, "No, nah, dog." Yeah, every test screening that had the vagina stab, they're like, "Nah, pass, no thanks." Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it, not that I need that in the movie, but it just it 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 all all now. This is a movie that I can kind of like. I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I I this is not you know. You mentioned Terrifier earlier. There are moments where it felt like it was kind of touching that vibe but then you quickly realize that this is this is it it it's not going to go anywhere unexpected yeah and i guess that's the other thing is because of those early scenes with like the 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 prop legs with the intestines perched on top of the sign it's such a mm-hmm. crazy daylight long hold on that <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh wow this is this movie might go some fucking dark ass places well, that's the thing. It kind of did at times. Yeah. So I'm like, why do you do that, but not that? Yeah. And that's why I that's why I think it, it it has some specific some specific association with like the sensibilities of a of a of an audience that ain't me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's why I was I'm sticking I was sticking on that. But it does feel like there are times where, in terms of gore, it's pushing the envelope oh, yeah. of what is do is acceptable for a general audience Mm -hmm. and it's like i said it's not damien leone but it's also like pretty brutal compared to most stuff you see Mm -hmm. so it's like they gave him that and you you know you can almost imagine the meeting where it's like okay listen we can do the super violence but anything that feels sexual we got to take out because that didn't test well right you know so like it just feels a little bit by committee in that sense um 
and and that's and that's honestly probably my biggest disappointment with the movie not because i'm like ah, i want to see a lady's getting stabbed in the crotch <laughs> like well, that's not necessarily what <laughs> well that's not necessarily what i'm go ahead yeah no no i mean that's not what you're there for like in that's not that's not what i'm there for but i want to see something that is the that it feels like the unedited like it's what the director wanted. Right. I just wanted to be the vision of the director, not to sound like I, I I was trying to think of a better way to say it to not sound like I'm being like a s- snooty douche about it. But like, I just want the director to have the band just have the bandwidth to make the movie they want. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I love terrifier so much. I'm like, Damien Leone's a psycho. <laughs> and so you're like, Oh, he, they let this psychopath make this fucking movie and he did it really well. That's wild. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like, uh, 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 and, and he's just like, he's, he's so good at what he does. And he's also like just going for broke and they're going to let him do it. This was like, if given the option, Eli Roth would have done some more stuff, but he just, you know, they, he's, he's on a leash a yeah. little bit. So, so comparatively, like the so the trampoline gag gets pulled back the other gag that's really huge from the trailer is that it ends with the thanksgiving dinner scene and there's a woman who's been cooked into a turkey and you see that her vagina is stuffed with stuffing and her head has been sewn on to an actual turkey and then the pilgrim winds up fucking that turkey as well that yeah. is so far beyond what they could do in this movie. And I was OK if they didn't do it like it's it's funny. Yeah. It's funny as a completely dubious gag. But there's no yeah. way you can write that as a normal movie and get to those plot points. So I no. was OK if they didn't do that. That's why that. Yeah. Like that would have been a big ask. There was a couple things that I felt like were a little bit, you know, uh a little pg-13 the way they did it Mm -hmm. but that was a that was the -the over-the-top money shot for the the this is grindhouse in the x dimension right like we're taking this shit to the bajillionth degree right right? that was the shock the shock and awe part of the trailer and it was just like oh jesus christ kind of part um so you know they weren't going to do that but i did like that they brought the the bit back around and ultimately the stepmom of Jessica slash wife of the the the, Thomas the store Wright. owner. Yeah. Yeah. So he she gets it. She never really like she's obviously like greedy and she's the one who wants to keep him to keep the store open. But like I don't know if she did anything to deserve the most mean spirited kill in the movie. For, but um well she, she she is the one who deleted the original store footage. Oh, did she? I mean, yeah. that that went past. Yeah, me. she deleted the store footage, but Thomas kept the foot. Thomas kept a backup on his home computer. That's the one Jessica goes and gets. Right. OK, I for whatever reason, I missed that that she was the one who deleted. Yeah. It. So anyway, that makes a little bit more sense. But she she gets definitely the 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 meanest spirited one where she gets cooked in an oven right. and we kind of, you know, watch her getting, you know, cooked in an oven in a pretty extended scene. But then when they bring her to the table and you get the big reveal, she's like wearing clothes. And like there is this pretty great setup where she wakes up after she's been kind of like abducted and he's like basting her, like getting her ready to put mm-hmm. it in the oven, like cracking pepper on her and like seasoning her and her whole body. And it's just like, whoa, they're going to do it. They're going to fucking do yeah. it, you know, and they do. But. 
you know, like I said, it's 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 very compared to what you see in the 07 trailer. It is a very uh, soft take on. Right. Which I was fine with, because, again, you can't. Yeah, you can't just have like the, the, the imagery in the trailer lasts, you know, probably less than. 10 seconds, if that, because they just want to show yeah. you that quick, shocking stuff and make you go, what the fuck did I just see? You know, but you you yeah, can't yeah. have an actual, you know, this scene probably goes on maybe five minutes, if not more. You can't have that mm-hmm. extended. So the conceit with. No, you can't. Yeah. So the conceit is, you know, like, yeah, she'll still be wearing her clothes um, and we're not going to stuff her vagina full of stuffing. That's crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 crazy, yeah. guys. <laughs> so we're not going to do that. Please don't. Please don't. That's crazy. But I, I did like, uh, I guess uh, uh, something that felt not that I wouldn't have been over the top. I'm sure I would have been over the top because they do do a couple of other like specific homages to it where like the guy's puking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. When he sees it, which that happens in the trailer and stuff like that, uh, which I thought was fun. But the one thing that I was like, ah, why, why are we not doing like, I don't not the, I, 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 I'm not sure how to verbalize it, but here, here's, here's what I mean. They have the asshole owner of the store. Who's ultimately responsible for the whole thing. And he carves off a hunk of her roasted thigh, Mm -hmm. which is pretty gruesome. Right. Right. And he puts it in front of him and is like, you know, basically, I'm going to make you eat your wife. You know what I mean? Um, Which is, like I said, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty gruesome thing. But they they never they just let it drop there. Right. So it's just like the idea of it happening is as far as they're willing to go. Right. Not that I needed to see him eating it, eating it or something like that. But it just it's an like I said, it's another example of. They they were only allowed to go so far. Right. On stuff. Yeah. So it's 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 like saying, hey, we'll give you the turkey gag, but she can't be naked and full of stuffing. We'll give you yeah. the this feeding scene but it can't ever actually go in his mouth. It, yeah. You know, so it's, 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 it's just, it feels like the, the restrictor plates on. Yeah. So it's not like I want this to happen. It's not like I'm like, Oh God, I really wanted to see him eat it. You know what right. I mean? Like, not that that would have even enhanced my experience of the movie. I'm just saying it just feels like we're watching a movie with the restrictor plate on mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. You're not craving it. You didn't go into the movie being like, oh, I can't wait to see some weird cannibalism and sexual violence. And you didn't go in for yeah. that, but it's just on your mind because, again, it's Eli Roth. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is it's on everybody's mind is it's it's Eli Roth. It's in your back of your mind that he's infamous for Hostel and Cabin mm-hmm. Fever, which like those movies didn't have restrictor plates. They're fucking crazy. They're like they've yeah. aged poorly, but also they're fucking crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ultimately, the movie, the, the, not the movie, the scene that I do think they really did do justice, um, although it might have been a little, I don't want to say overdone, but like, I don't know. I'm interested to see what you think about it is the 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 parade scene. I like the parade scene. I liked it too. I just, there was a couple things that I was like, uh, about. So first of all, like one thing I like about this and it, and it pertains to the parade scene more than or maybe almost any other scene is this is a great, this movie is a great example of what 
you know, Joe Bob Briggs on the last drive in likes to refer to as not have not allowing too much plot to get in the way of a good story. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, we're got like we're st- all despite all these murders, we're still going to have the parade because reasons. Yes. And then just then we'll we're all along for the ride. Yeah. With you. Don't worry about it's it. It's fine. You know, the beach, um, the beaches have fine. not been closed. Is what it is. The beaches have not been closed. <laughs> exactly. We're still here. We're still going to do it. And reasons. Okay, fine. I'm on board with you. Um, so they do the and and tons of people still come and tons of people still dress up as pilgrims, despite all the things that are happening in the town. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I really liked so was they kept setting up the the kid who was going to be in the turkey costume and they used essentially the same turkey costume yeah, right yeah. as they do in the trailer and they kept setting him up and they even had him like showing him getting dressed you know the turkey's gonna get it yeah right because yeah. you saw it in the movie you that was <laughs> you saw it in the trailer you know it's happening so you're really anticipating it but you don't know how or when until we're just watching a parade you're seeing everybody you're do, getting a lot of like mr x Oh, there's a guy with a mask. Oh, there's another guy with a mask. Oh, there's a scream in the background. Was it a scream of terror? Or was it a scream of fun? We don't know. You know, so it's just high tension. And then all of a sudden, you just see an evil clown. <laughs> and and you, <laughs> you see a giant Halloween, some, look, a Halloween costume, something you could absolutely buy at, at Spirit Halloween. Big mask, full body Halloween costume, or, you know, a, a clown clown costume. And you think... Well, that's a weird misdirect. Why would there be a clown there? Yeah. And then and then the clown pulls out an axe and hacks off the turkey's head <laughs> and blood shoots over. You're like, oh my god, it was the clown. Right. It's it's so insane. It's just so so wild. It's and again, this is, you know, don't this is the Joe Bob Briggs thing, because the, the the turkey had nothing to do with the events yeah. of Black Friday. He just like yeah. just for whatever reason, the clown has decided to hack his head off because in front of everybody, yeah. in front of the entire town. Yeah. yeah. And and because it causes the chaos he needs, because eventually the scene ends with him abducting more people for the table. But like it yeah. just gave him that opening and then just all hell fucking breaks loose. And again, you get a whole bunch of more people made of Play-Doh. And mm-hmm. my favorite is thing because it reminded mm-hmm. me of a trauma movie when it happened is mm-hmm. you have this parade float and it's on a giant flatbed truck and it's the Mayflower. And so right. there's this old man driving this parade truck and he has his two granddaughters in the truck <laughs> with him and he hits the brakes yeah. and the mast, I guess, is it the mast? What is that called on the front of the ship? That's, yeah, the bow or the mast. Yeah, I don't know. No, the mast goes straight yeah, up the, the mast middle. Goes I think up. it's the bow, maybe. It's the bow, but like whatever that yeah. log yeah, on the, the front. Yeah, thing that sticks out straight. It's the thing in Caddyshack where he tries to break the champagne bottle on, yeah. but it knocks it off. Yeah. But it, whatever it is, it's the log on the front, and it, he yeah. fucking reverse final destinations himself, and the log comes yeah. through the back of the cab and blasts through his face, and then like it's just blood yeah. squirting on these two young girls, and it reminded it yeah. reminded me of trauma because Lloyd used to put his daughters when they were young in the films and squirt blood on them and shit. So, like, it, yeah. Well, and the funniest thing about it is, is they. They hold on the scene like one more beat and the blood coming out 
stops looking like blood squirting out of like an open artery and more just like someone throwing Dixie cups of blood on children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like blah, blah, blah. And they're just the whole time. They're just screaming grandpa, grandpa. <laughs> It's so chaotic. And that's what I mean is like parts of this movie are so unnecessarily mean spirited. Yeah. And then other ones just feel like you have a sensor bar yeah. on the screen, you know. Um, but yeah, this was this was by far the most chaotic and fun scene. And and it makes no sense at all, especially once you learn who the killer is. Why would he use this opportunity to abduct those people in the middle of town and throw a bunch of smoke bombs i think they were really trying to set up that there were multiple people responsible that's what that's how i took it yeah that's what i felt too like i felt i felt that there was probably more than one killer and that's what the reveal was going to be yeah but but you don't right and i guess we should spiral towards the end here there's there's certainly other fun scenes that are worth talking about but ultimately um, uh, you know, in the climactic scene, which we had already jumped forward a little bit where John Carver, um, who has like a website and like an Instagram account, that's the John Carver, which is funny <laughs> to me, like a, um, but he, he's, he's live streaming, um, this whole thing, which the whole thing, you, you think it's a young person because they're like all tech savvy and have all this stuff going. Uh, spoiler, it's not. Um, we learn after Jessica escapes from the whole dinner, you know, scenario, she runs through the woods and gets like all these little barbs and stuff on like her pants and her shoes. And then she, you know, after everything happens, the, her base baseball boyfriend comes in. He's got one of the masks on. He was also in the parade. So you kind of get the idea. He's he's a, another red herring in this instance, but they think they kind of catch him in the act. The cop goes in, shoots him, apparently, and then comes out and it's like, Oh, the killer got killed off screen. Of course, that wasn't the killer. Right. But you don't know who the killer is. And I if you pay attention, I felt like it was pretty fucking obvious you knew who the killer <laughs> was. And I'm even the type of person who likes to purposefully go along for the ride with the audience and not try to be the like, oh, I'm the fucking horror nerd who knows who the killer is because I know what to look for like I usually don't do that like I'm the one who's trying to let myself be surprised and even that I was in in this instance I'm like I know how is this not the fucking killer right Right. and you do you you realize because you see he's got barbs on his shoes too it is uh it's it's the sheriff right and and like I just felt like at one point I second guessed it because I was like now it's too obvious Mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't too obvious. It, it was, in fact, the sheriff. So then you get this big climactic uh, scene with with baseball Billy or whatever the fuck his name is. He's not dead. He and uh, Jessica have this big final showdown with baseball Billy or I'm sorry, with with the sheriff. And he's like lost it. He's screaming wild shit in like a mass hole accent at them <laughs> carrying an axe. And eventually they blow him up with fire because that's what you do. Or do they? Um, <laughs> or do they? So they they have like a big parade 
balloon type of thing that they fill with gas and then she ultimately shoots like the blunderbuss like musket thing which is like she had to have mentioned 10 yeah. times in the movie that she did che- that che- so Chekhov's like- blunderbuss was so funny <laughs> to me because yeah yeah they just introduce it so many times and they introduce her talking about how you know she knows how to fire one so many times and it's like okay i guess that'll come into it you're gonna shoot him you're gonna shoot him with the thunder (laughs) buzz like it was very it was really really um spelled out for you but ultimately she shoots the big uh balloon turkey balloon full of gas blows him up and you even get the like nothing could have survived that explosion boss like when they're (laughs) investigating at the end um, and then some really and then, some really pregnant shots of firemen walking around in full mask gear and you can't see their faces in the masks. And it's like, oh, yeah. is he getting away as a fireman? Did Ocean Eleven is, yeah, did he Ocean's Eleven himself out of yeah. there? But ultimately, um, you, you, you learn that the sheriff uh, was, was in love with uh, Gina Gershon and she was pregnant with his child. Mm-hmm. So that that was, you know, like I said, me missing the first, you know, few minutes of the movie, like made it a little bit more like I was like, wait, what kind of thing? But like that makes I mean, I just assumed they were having an affair or whatever. But now knowing that he was there and anyway, it makes a little bit more sense knowing that in retrospect. But um, yeah, he she was, you know, he the store and everyone involved in the, the 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 Black Friday incident, you know, took everything away from him and he went crazy and he decided to take back his very, um, very themed uh, revenge on them all. Mm-hmm. So um, and then it's left. Yeah, like you said, it's left with a cliffhanger. You even get a you even get a, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street style um dream sequence jump scare of him jumping him jumping out of the closet uh on fire and grabbing her when she's laying in bed with zombie guy and then uh yeah and then what's the very i'm trying to think what the very last thing that cuts out after that is what is the very last thing because i'm just because i was thinking you said nightmare on elm street but i was also thinking of um event horizon because Event Horizon kind of yeah. ends the same way. Oh, right, right. Where like, yeah, you get the one last jump scare of Sam Neill and then uh, Starks wakes up in the in the, in the tube. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the yeah. end. I, I don't think really anything else is specific. Anything of, of uh, note happens after that. It's just like, well, maybe next Thanksgiving he'll come back. <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah. And then we get and then we get a little and then we get treated to an unexpected bit of Mr. Glenn Baines Bains-y. at the end. <laughs> we get uh, we get the misfits. We, we get when he when he go, or where he yeah. goes there, yeah. uh, which is the, you know, I know goddamn son of a bitch. Uh, I like to refer to that song as where evils, where eagles dare in parentheses. I know no because <laughs> that's that's what people know the line. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just like so fitting that we get some Glenn Danes. Yeah, at the end for of no this reason. Movie. It, um, I don't know yeah. how much of the credits you watched, but like Danzig even gets like a special thanks at the end. Like I didn't. Yeah. I I stuck around through all the little like uh, stylized stills mm-hmm. at the end. Um, but I, but you know, once the, once the credits started rolling, I, I bailed, yeah. but there, I will say, okay, yeah, there's a, there's, um, yeah, there's a special thanks for Glenn. There's special thanks for 
Tarantino and Rodriguez. And then like after that, there's a uh, just like a little outtake that has the uh, Rick Hoffman in it. Oh, I missed yeah, that. That's all. Yeah, you, that's that's all you missed. But I, was, I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, Glenn Danzig actually gets a credit as a special thanks because he gives him. There you go. He gives him where Eagles there. <laughs> uh, where Eagles there. That's a shirt. I've been boy. trying to wow, figure it out. I've been trying to figure it out, but yeah. I don't know what the graphic is. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the maybe it's the Eagles nest. Maybe but it's like where Eagles there. And it's anyway. Um, so uh, one character we didn't talk about, which is worth talking about real quick. And I, I don't have his name here. Let me see if I can figure out what what his name is real quick. Maybe, you know, is the 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 like sleazy older guy who's selling tickets to his party. Oh, and yeah. He's like selling booze, booze to kids and guns. And his dad owns the gun shop and all that shit. Yeah. It's, the his char- his character's name? name is McCarty. Yeah. And he's yeah, he's having a Mac- he's having the McCarty party. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's such a pointless character, mm-hmm. uh, but just funny anytime he's on screen. And I forgot to look up before we started who that was. And his name is Joe uh, Delphin. Delphine. Yeah. Do we? I, it feels weird that we wouldn't that he's not relevant in some instance. Because why is his character there? So I th- who is he? Yeah, I think he's he's supposed to be another red herring. Uh, because he definitely is. Yeah, because you know he he has like access to guns. He has all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. weaponry, as you see, like later on, mm-hmm. and then. But the, there's no clear connection between him and Black Friday, I don't think. So, no. it, it, like, yeah, he, he's a weird character. He also has, like, strange, flirtatious interactions with Jessica at times. Because, like... Yeah, like, they have a history together. Yeah. You almost expected them to have a history together. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's... Or just, like, maybe he was supposed to be, like, set up as, like, a jealous... Uh, you know, like, somebody who's mm-hmm. jealous of her relationships with... Uh, was it Ryan and Bobby? So yeah. like, yeah. So like, yeah. You you have all these weird kind of red herrings that like they never pay off in a meaningful way because they were red herrings. But also like sometimes the movie just forgets about characters. Like the movie, yeah. Because because Ryan isn't the killer in the end, he just disappears. Mm-hmm. Like you think yeah. you think the reason he, why he disappears is because he's the killer, but no, he just disappeared, disappeared. <laughs> he just disappeared, disappeared. But then he is in the last scene with her right. laying in bed right. with her right. when she has the jump scare. But there are tons of characters like the 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 Instagram famous person that we know about, like just kind of never just kind of fades into the distance. Like there's a lot of characters that just fade into the background and we never really see or hear from them again. Yeah. Uh, and they're like they yeah they, nothing ever really wraps up with them but you get um, um you get yeah. uh, when when they're at the fire investigation you get like almost this mm-hmm. I don't want I guess you would call it a hero shot maybe but it's a, it's a wide shot yeah. that includes all the survivors and like Gabby Scuba is there um yeah and then even uh e- even McCarty's there. Like, even he's included in the group. Yeah, you're right. No, I was going to say, like, the McCarty character, I just remember when you said that, the whole scene where he, like, gives him, gives Jessica her, his dad's ring from Iraq as, like, good luck. And it's like, 
where was this earned like mm-hmm. earlier? I yeah. don't, I don't like you felt like some, maybe something got left on the cutting room floor on that or something. I have no, who knows? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's possible because like this movie is almost two hours. So yeah, like there's, there's a good chance. There's a lot of backstory with this McCarty character that just got left out because it's like that. Eh, we don't, we don't need this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing him in anything. Like he was in a movie called polar. Mm-hmm. He played Squash Man. Sounds like not a very big part in a movie from 2019, and I haven't seen him in anything since. Um, but he was great. Actually, he was really funny. Like I would, I would, I, <laughs> I actually really like that character a lot. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I I will say one other kill that there are a few cool creative kills that are Thanksgiving themed. I mean, one was like guy gets stabbed with like a, you know, an electric carving knife. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'll take it or leave it. The one I liked is the Russian girl, you know, the, the girl whose dad's a Russian mobster for some reason yeah. gets stabbed in both of her ears with the the corn holders, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like that guy's pretty good. Right. Although I would argue corn on the cob not really a thanksgiving thing like corn maybe corn on the cob nah, yeah. maybe not but she he does take the corn you know the little pokers that you stick in the ends you know in the summertime or eating corn on the cob on either side and stabs both of her ears with them <laughs> that was pretty yeah good. i mean um, i don't know i think i think corn is definitely one of those thanksgiving meal things it's also just because it's been so yeah. co-opted by memorial day and july 4th yeah, that you don't you don't yeah. think of it as Thanksgiving that much anymore. Yeah, I suppose we're, so. we're, we're a corn yeah, country. A, Our country runs on corn. Everything is full of corn and starch yeah, and syrup. <laughs> but that's flint corn, guys. That's the stuff you put this. That's sweet corn. That's way out of season. <laughs> anyway, I'm 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 nitpicking here. This is uh this was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, it's not a groundbreaking anything like i said it's a it's a slightly mean-spirited decidedly silly fairly formulaic holiday slasher movie yeah like that is just that is fine i enjoyed it i had i had i enjoyed my time with it Am I going to run out and tell everybody they need to watch it or am I going to go run out and buy, you know, the Blu-ray copy of it? Probably not. But, you know, I might watch it again in the future. Well, you know, it might be worth a watch again, but that's that's about the long and short of it for me. Yeah, I think if he would have made this movie instead of making the Green Inferno, it -hmm. would probably be like a lot more extreme, less mature. But I think we would yeah. probably like it a little bit more, you know, just because you know. mm-hmm. it might have lasted the test of time. Like this is a movie I can see its only chance of really sticking around and being like a, a a movie that people go back to and think of as like a one of the movies we remember from this era is because of its associated with the holiday mm-hmm. and not a lot of competition right. out there, which is ultimately, I'm sure, why it got made. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's but, fine. It's like, again, it's not a bad movie or anything like that. It's just, it's it's probably better for a younger audience uh, mm-hmm. because we have too much association with like the original trailer and how this doesn't pay that off. I, th- if this movie gets a sequel though, that could be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And, and they do kind of leave the door open at the end for yeah. that to be the case. Yeah, because a sequel, you're starting with so. a blank slate. 
we're, we're no longer associating mm-hmm. anything with the 2007 trailer. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. See what happens there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch yeah. it. Listen, I'd watch it. I'd watch For it. For sure. All right, boys and ghouls. That is Eli Ross. How I'm sorry. Halloween Thanksgiving from 20 and 23. Go check it out. It's a fun little watch. Um, one more reminder. If you've got suggestions for us, especially if you're one of our patrons on Patreon, if you got suggestions for us, or if this is an opportunity for you to, uh, you know, nudge you across the line there to go out and and join us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever and give us suggestions for uh, holiday horror movies uh, in general, but also specifically for our Secret Satan Showdown episode in December, because it be coming you guys mm-hmm. um anything else i'm forgetting steve well let's see one we already got a uh we already got a suggestion from our listener dan who's in the uh discord mm-hmm. right now he said "Ooh, what dan say dan has suggested that black christmas 1974 mm-hmm. but he said uh anybody can do it except for brian <laughs> <laughs> you rat fuck <laughs> and then my other uh listen, I give I give you guys one I give you guys one Halloween puppy adventure and you're all buttered about it. Everybody's on my side. I'm the cool one. <laughs> yeah. I give you guys one Halloween puppy adventure and now Steve's the victim. Yes. Come yes. on. Um my other my other thing is maybe if Eli Roth listens to this, maybe he has plans, but if not He's got to do it because now we we talked about how we used to go out and buy DVDs on Thanksgiving. Yeah. What he needs to do is next year release the unrated cut on DVD Black Friday. Put out physical media. Mm. Everybody loves physical media again. Get that shit out there. Get the unrated cut with the vagina stabbing and whatever else was left on the (laughs) cutting room floor. Get it all out there. Yeah. We needs it. (laughs) Yeah. Do a doorbuster deal. First 10 people through the door get it for free but you got to stab somebody for it like really go criminal yeah. with the whole promotion i like it i like it let's get back to those days where we used to throw each other under truck tires and gouge each other's eyes out for uh for you know uh 35 inch plasma screens let let, let us days, give guys. us the doorbuster deals at the amazon warehouse let us run roughshod mm, in the amazon warehouse yeah. just running <laughs> workers over kicking robots we all get we all get pork trucks everyone who hell goes yeah. to the door gets to drive has to drive a fork truck around just decapitate hell each other with yes. pork trucks <laughs> oh i love it i love it all right boys and ghouls uh that was a lot of fun go check out thanksgiving and have yourself a fun and 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 yummy little thanksgiving to all our our listeners out there for the halloween is forever crew i'm brian and i'm turkey day (laughs) (laughs) all right bye and i'm turkey day (laughs) Um, turkey day i'm just focusing on turkey day <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs>